Thank you for joining us today and a big thank you to our show sponsor, Amazing Jane Activewear, recommended as best leggings for running by Women's Fitness Magazine. Karen and I have been trialing their designs for a few months and we can happily recommend them. All designs are cut to skim, not cling, giving you confidence to look and feel great and focus on performance. So if you'd like to try Amazing Jane Activewear, please use our listeners special discount code RHH10 for 10% off all purchases at amazingjane.com. Amazing Jane ship around the world, so please check their website for details. Are you an ultra runner or indeed you have aspirations to be an ultra runner? And if so, do you struggle to know what to eat during your long training runs? The food and nutrition needs of an ultra runner during training and during an event is very different to those of other endurance running events, even marathon running. So if you are an ultra runner, please tune in because we're going to be highlighting some real food ideas to fuel your next ultra marathon. Hello and welcome to She Runs, Eats, Performs. I'm Aileen Smith and I co-host our show with my very good friend and business partner, Karen Campbell. We're both professional nutritionists and our spare time we're runners. Our show is dedicated to you, a female midlife runner. The menopause transition is a challenging time for many women and no one wants this phase of life to affect their well-being or indeed their running. As midlife women, Karen and I know what you might be experiencing and we also know how transformational good nutrition is at this stage of life. Our approach is to swap magic bullet advice for evidence-based nutritional science. We focus on real food and strategic food choices so you can enjoy your running and be your best. We hope that our episode topics are helpful to you. However, if you'd like professional help from us, please book a complimentary work with us call at runnershealthhub.com. The suggestions we make during this episode are for guidance and advice only and are not a substitute for medical advice or treatment. If you have any concerns regarding your health, please contact your healthcare professional for advice as soon as possible. Hi everyone, I'm Aileen and I'm here again with Karen as always and our topic today is all about real food during an ultra so I'm really interested in this. I think it's going to be a great conversation but before we outline what we're going to be covering on this topic I'd just like to welcome back our regular listeners and if you're listening for the first time a very warm welcome to you and we hope you enjoy this episode and all the others that we've done in the past and all the ones that we'll do in the future and we we hope you'll join us uh, on many of those episodes. Now, Karen and I really enjoy our podcasting, uh, but we also really love it when we hear from you. So please do drop us a line at hello at runnershealthhub.com. Introduce yourself and share a little bit about your running and nutrition goals. It's, uh, it's really helpful for us to know what you're interested in because it helps us plan future topics for the podcast. And indeed, that's uh, one of the reasons that we're talking about ultra running today is because we've had a lot of interest in that topic. Um, we also have some free downloadable ebooks on our website. Uh, the website is runnershealthhub.com. If you look at the top menu bar for free nutrition guides, um, you'll see a drop down menu and all of the guides are there for you. So the most popular one is top running snacks and nutrient timing um, and that's to help fuel your running and that is a companion guide that goes alongside much of the advice we share in our episodes so we hope you'll find that one really helpful. So let's get started. Hi Karen and uh, maybe you could uh, outline what we're going to be chatting about today and, and why this subject is so important. 
Yeah, absolutely. So hi, Aileen, and hi, everybody. So today we're going to be talking about food choices, like you say, Aileen, for an ultra runner during an event, or indeed during training as well, because an ultra runner might actually be out on the trails for hours during training. So what we'll do is we will outline some core eating habits for an ultra runner to consider. We'll highlight some real food ideas for eating on the run, so to speak, and then give some practical solutions on how to include these foods during your ultra distance run training. Great, they all all sound really good um, things to talk about, Karen. So why uh, are we talking about this subject today? Why is it important? Well, actually, there are a couple of reasons why we're chatting about this today, Aileen. I think the main reason is because ultra distance running is becoming more and more popular. Like you were saying earlier, you know, we're hearing more about um, our followers, our listeners who are um, running these distances. But I do think that there is still limited information on what to eat to fuel these ultra distances, besides the amount of information that there is out there on other distances. Now, the food and nutrition needs of an ultra runner during training and in event is going to be different from other endurance runners, even marathon runners, actually. And I know that, like I say, there are many of our listeners, many of our followers who are ultra runners or are maybe considering moving into that ultra distance um, running. So really, this episode is for them. And that really brings me to the second reason that we're discussing this topic today. Um, And I think I've maybe mentioned before that I am personally uh, just starting to dabble a little bit in um, more ultra distance and trail running and therefore really need to be rethinking my approach to eating whilst running. So I thought that maybe by discussing it here, it would really bring the subject alive and we could look at some food ideas for me and our listeners that we can take out on the trails with us. Yeah, that's a great idea, Karen. I love the way you say dabble as if it's something you're just dipping your toe into because I know you're actually very serious about it. (laughs) So so you're not dabbling, you're actually doing it. (laughs) So, um, yeah, as I say, uh, great ideas and and great reasons for having this as a topic today. So um, maybe uh, if anybody else is... uh, dabbling as Karen says or actually just out there doing ultra running you would share your experiences uh with us and then we can we can pass them on and also if you're if you're listening and you've got any really good food ideas please share them with us and uh, again we can spread the word so if you've got any ideas send them to um send us an email at hello at runnershealthhub.com and then we can chat about them and compare experiences in a future episode. So Karen, let's get started and and begin our conversation. Um, So what what are the sort of core eating habits that an ultra runner would need to consider uh, putting into place to, to really support them? Yeah, well, interestingly, Aileen, I was actually listening to an interview with the American sports nutritionist, uh, as well as being a coach and an author, Matt Fitzgerald. Now, some of you may have heard of him as uh, because he has written 
many books on sport, including The Endurance Diet. Now, in this book, and also in the interview I was listening to, he and his host were discussing five core habits. So these are five core eating habits of an ultra runner. And the five habits that Fitzgerald feels is important for an ultra runner are to eat everything, to eat quality, to eat carb-centered, to eat enough, and to eat individually. I like those well, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's a, a nice, interesting way of putting it. I haven't heard of these, um, you know, it, it described in that way, although I, I guess that they are principles that we talk about and follow too. Mm-hmm. Uh, but maybe you could explain a little bit more detail about what Matt's thinking is behind each of these core habits. Yeah, sure, Aileen. Um, so, so he he wrote this book actually, the endurance diet, after he had carried out really quite extensive investigation into what elite endurance athletes all over the world really eat. Now, what he discovered was that even though the plates might look quite different, there were five core habits that they all adhered to. And those five core eating habits then enabled them to perform optimally in performance, in recovery, but also in overall health. Now, regarding each of these habits, what Fitzgerald um, is recommending really is, so thinking about that eat everything first, what he's saying here is that nothing is forbidden, unlike many of the popular diets that we hear about today. So, for example, the paleo diet, the ketogenic diet, where certain food groups are actually forbidden. But what he feels is that if you have a balanced diet that includes everything, then health and fitness are less likely to be compromised by gaps in nutrition. And I think that makes a lot of sense and really is what we sort of advocate as well. Now, he is also suggesting that um, a little bit of what you like, just because it tastes good. So I'm thinking here about what we would class as the more unhealthy type foods, Um, And he says it is okay, but portion control is important. Yeah, but that sort of follows on a little bit from what we talk about, about having an an 80 percent approach and and allowing yourself to be off plan sort of 10 to 20 percent of the time. Um, So, so yeah, good sound advice there. So what about uh, the quality of food? What does Matt say about quality of food? Yeah, so he speaks about this eat quality. So what he means here is that most of what you're eating should be high quality, natural and unprocessed foods. Now, from his investigations and observations, Fitzgerald um, identified 10 food groups which can be ranked from highest to lowest in quality. Right. Okay. So um, I think we're on the same page as Matt on a lot of these things, Karen. So let's see if I can name his top three. Um, So I would imagine that vegetables are in the top three, um, Mm. probably fruit and then maybe nuts and seeds. Well, actually, Alien, well done. Yes, you're spot on. Those are his top three. So, um, So he puts vegetables first, then fruit, then the nuts and seeds. 
and here he includes the healthy oils as well, so the the nuts and the seed oils. But I would also imagine that that would include the olive oil and the coconut oil as well. So that those are the top three. And then going down the list, um, he's then fourth place. We've got whole grains and then dairy unprocessed meat and seafood then comes in some refined grains at number seven eight sweets nine processed meat and then 10 as being the unhealthiest are the fried foods so that's his top 10 um food groups right oh god interesting so um yeah i think i'm gonna have to read this book it sounds good so thinking uh sort of moving on Karen to the next um, principle that he mentioned was eating carb centered now that's not a phrase that you usually hear it's usually eat high carb foods so what's what's his definition of carb centered yeah I like the idea I like that phrase actually carb centered and what he means by this is that the diet is not high carb all of the time, but high quality carbohydrate foods are included in most meals and snacks. And I suppose this would fit into that nutrition periodization approach that we speak about, where the amount of carbohydrate rich foods eaten vary depending on the amount of exercise that's being performed. So like you say, Aileen, these principles do, it's different terminology, but they really follow what we would be, what we would be supporting. Yeah, and that that's um, that's all very good, and that leads us very nicely into the fourth habit, which again is something we talk about often, which is eating enough. And um, you know, we've we've talked about that in several episodes, including episode fifty four, which was eating enough to run. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, it'd be interesting, Karen, if you would share what Matt's thinking is around eating enough. Yeah, so so like you say, Aileen, his approach is very similar to ours, really, and in line with Current's research into that area. Now, he states if an endurance athlete repeatedly undereats, then they will be underfueled for training, leading to poor performance and recovery. Now, he also believes that underfueling could increase the risk of injury and result in the development of um, overtraining symptoms, which again again links into what we what we suggest as well and speak about as well and then finally his fifth habit is this eat individually so in other words it's about the individual preferences now Fitzgerald states that the first four habits establish a framework for an, an endurance athlete to follow but within that framework individual food choices can be made and as we know we're not all the same and so this framework gives plenty of scope to eat in different ways but uh, be it sort of um, due to food preferences or maybe it's due to religious or cultural or ethical reasons so that's that individual individuality individual aspect of it. Yeah, and I'd agree with with everything that um, you've just said there about individual preference. And I think our angle on it is a personalized nutrition. So it's not just about preferences; it's personalizing the nutrition to what your um, your body needs, um, depending on what your health state is, or what your biology is, or your genetics are. Um, so it's, I think we maybe go at it a little bit in a 
in a more in-depth way. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, that's that's really interesting, Karen. And I think that that would really help an ultra runner establish some fundamental healthy eating habits to support their training and events and, and their everyday life. So just to, as a recap, it was the first one was eat everything, eat quality, eat carb centered, eat enough and eat individually, or as we say, personalize your nutrition. So now that uh, we've discussed an eating framework, uh, I think it'd be a really great idea to talk about some real food ideas that ultra runners could consider. Um, now, today, we're just going to focus on food ideas to eat during the long run, the long hours of training or the long hours of being in an event. Um, but if you would like to learn a little bit more about the macros to eat, so especially the carbohydrates, uh, you might want to go back and listen to an episode that we did not so long ago. It was episode 136, and it was all about the nutritional needs of an ultra runner. So, um Thinking about all of that, Karen, what would be your first piece of advice uh, to ultra runners? Well, I think the, pers- the the principal message here really is that surviving on bars and gels and medjool dates is just not going to work. You know, your body's going to require much more substantial snacks. And in some instances, depending on the distances, proper food, proper meals, And it all really does depend on um, how far you are running and also over what time scale. Now, like I said at the beginning, I'm new to this as well. And being a sports nutritionist, I know which foods would be nutritionally beneficial. But choosing ones that are easy to make, portable and also will hold together in my rucksack and withstand that jostling from the running it's all novel to me as well as a as a you know a, a runner moving into these distances. So to help me prepare appropriate foods and snacks, I referred to some of the recipes in Scott Durek's book Eat and Run, um, and I think if it's good enough for Scott, it's good enough for me. So. <laughs> Because <laughs> as most people will know, I I, I really like Scott Jurek uh, and um, his his abilities and what he has achieved in distance running. Now he is vegan, so I knew that I would probably like a lot of his food choices. So that's why I kind of referred to his book as my first port of call on 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 which sort of recipes to use. Oh, that sounds great, Karen. I know you're a big fan of Scott Jurek. So um, which recipes uh, tempted you that were in his book? And, and have you trialed any of them yet when you've been out trail running? Well, there were actually several of his recipes that really appealed to me. But but to date, no, I haven't actually trialed any of them. Um, but I will let you know my experience of them when I have. And now the ones that I'm going to trial first are one uh, that's pizza bread. And I think that that should be quite easy to carry, you know, because it'll be cold. So it, it, it should all be quite solid. There's another one, which was a, a tofu cheese sandwich. And then a trail wrap, which um, included um, a hummus and um, Kalamata olive filling. And that those all really appealed to me, I have to say. Yeah, 
Yeah, and they, they all sound like they'd be easy to make and, as you say, to carry. So uh, they'd be potentially quite good ones to begin practising with. So um, I don't know whether you can cast your mind back to the recipes for the, the pizza bread and maybe um, you could share that with us today. And if anybody tries them out, do let us know. And I'm sure Karen will, will tell us more about it when she's practised with it too. So um, what can you tell us about the pizza bread? Yeah, so for anybody that fancies trying this, it does sound as though it's really easy to make, um, especially as you can use fresh or day-old crusty bread as the base. So you don't you don't have to make the bit the, the bit the base. So that can help cut down time. So basically what he suggests is that you cut the bread into one inch or three centimeter thick slices and then spread each slice with a natural tomato based sauce so ideally from a jar i'm not speaking about tomato ketchup here but sort of that um, proper tomato sauce biona actually is a is a recommended brand and they do it in jars or if you do have any leftover homemade sauce to be great then put some chopped sun-dried tomatoes on it and chopped olives as well on top. Um, and um, and then drain and cut up some tofu, mash it with some miso and um, apple cider vinegar until it kind of resembles like a feta. And um, and what Scott then does is he adds some nutritional yeast to, and just to give it that cheesy flavour. And I actually like that cheesy flavour as well of the nutritional yeast. but. Unless you two are vegan, you could actually add some grated cheese, maybe some Parmesan or cheddar. I wouldn't recommend mozzarella only because it's really stringy. Therefore, it could potentially be a hazard when you're trying to run and eat. Um, and, and, you know, mozzarella actually scares me because when my son was young, he choked on mozzarella so many times and we were pulling these strings out of Whoa. his throat. I know it was terrible. So so just thinking about running with mozzarella, I don't think it's a good combination. But anyway, getting back to the pizza, um, pop this um, on top. So whichever you use, be it the, the real cheese or the vegan cheese, pop it on top of the pizza in the oven at 190 degrees for roughly about 10 to 15 minutes until it's all browned. Leave it to cool and then you can wrap it in parchment paper, maybe with a little elastic band around each wedge just to keep it all together and then put it in the fridge ready to pack for your run in the morning. So I think it's quite an easy one to begin with, you know, if you're new to, to, to ultra running and you're, you're, you're looking for quick, real food um, sources. Yeah, that sounds really tasty, Karen. And, uh, you know, you could potentially make your own simple pizza base just using flour and water but I guess the bread option makes it very very simple um, and it, it would also be a good choice for dinner the night before an ultra run alongside lots of vegetables and maybe a little bit more protein and then you could pack up any leftovers uh, for for your trail. Yeah yeah I think that's a really great idea actually Alien, and and I know that you don't run really long distances but you are very good at coming up with some great practical and tasty food ideas so um do you have any food ideas that we could all try 
Yeah, you're right, Karen. I I don't do the long distance running, but as you know, I I do tend to walk really long distances. So I do endure hours on my feet and that also calls for real food and and meals on the go. So some things that people might want to think about, um, you know, you might want to think about having a plant-based burger in a bun, um, ideally, you know, a homemade burger or even a falafel um, and put that in a bread bun. And there are some, you can buy some natural ready prepared ones uh, in the supermarket or you can make your own. Uh, you can maybe add a bit of um, some olives or some sun-dried tomatoes could be added as a topping. Um, and I think having it in a bun makes it you know, they, they, it's not going to disintegrate when you're walking. I think that's all running. That's really important. And uh, they're, they're easy to hold. Um, the other thing that would be quite simple would be to take some uh, rice cakes. Maybe um, you could spread uh you know, some nut butter on or some tapenade or something like that. And um, again, they're easy to wrap. It's pure carbs, gives you a little bit of salt. So they're a simple snack to nibble on um, as you run. And then, you know, other salty foods can be quite helpful. So things like salty nuts are really good and easy to travel with. Um, Now, there was something that somebody suggested to me recently which was to have some sweet potato wedges so you would actually have cooked them in advance and cooled them and they tend to go quite solid when they're cold so hopefully they travel quite well it's not something I've tried yet but it's something that you could think about Uh, now when I was in Spain recently we were walking we had slices of tortilla so that was eggs and potato that were cooked and cut into slices they're quite solid Uh, now the only thing with traveling with things like eggs is you've got to think about temperature control and hygiene Uh, that's why some of the vegan things are better because you don't have to worry about food hygiene so much with them Um, and the other one that I really like is we have a a cheesy egg flapjack recipe uh, which is nice and savory and solid and it's quite portable too and you can you know, have that on its own or you can have something spread on it as well. So, yeah, quite a few different things that people would try there. Yeah, I think there is some really good, you know, I've got all these ideas in my head, Aileen, um, that I might try from all of that. I really like the sound of the potato, the sweet potato wedges, because it's probably not something I would have thought about. But also the tortilla, you know, we quite often have tortilla as a as a dinner meal so I could just make an extra big one and then cut it into wedges and um and 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 have that on my my long ultra run so some great ideas and yes the cheesy egg flapjacks you know that's quite a balanced meal and again should be quite easy to carry so um so lots of options that I will start to try and uh, practice with on my long runs and uh Like you said at the beginning to everybody, Aileen, if you go out and you try some of these as well, do let us know how you get on and then we can share your experiences and all really supporting each other. Now, I was actually watching a YouTube video recently by um, Darren Smith. Now, he's an ultra runner who lives in North Yorkshire, so a really beautiful part of the country for, for trail running. You know, he's, he's really lucky. I was watching him running and, um, and he's in Yorkshire, and I thought, oh, my God, it's just so, so beautiful. 
Anyway, he was chatting about and practicing with a new recipe during his long run. Again, something that was really easy to make and I would have never thought about it. And there were only three ingredients. So what he did was he cooked some white basmati rice and then he let it cool. And then what he did was he mixed through a little bit of soy sauce um, before adding some um, chopped avocado. And he then bound it all together using his hands. So, you know, once rice gets cold, it gets quite sticky. So it binds together really easily. Or you could use sushi rice because that's well known to be sticky. So that would work well too. Now, he then molded sort of small to medium amounts into a bowl, placed it on some foil and and folded it up. Then he just flattened it a little bit with his hands and placed it in the fridge until the morning. So it was like, I suppose the shape was a little bit like a flapjack, actually. Um, And then he just put it in the fridge all bound up to, um, to take on his trails. Oh, that sounds interesting. Um, I'm even thinking I might quite like that. <laughs> and did he find that it worked well? You know, you said you you watched him on this video. Did he talk about how it worked when he was out? Yeah, he did. You know, he was he took us through every moment and when he was having it and and pulling it out of his bag and peeling it back and uh, and it really held together and he he could just eat it like a bar. It was almost like he was peeling back the covers of a bar and just mm-hmm. eating it. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, that sounds like a really nice savoury snack. And I think that's one of the challenges sometimes, you know, when you're out for long, long hours at a time, you don't just want to be eating sweet things. You know, you you need to switch between sweet and savoury. Now, Karen, you said that you wrapped it in tin foil and that's something as nutritional therapists we wouldn't recommend because we wouldn't want any aluminium traces to contaminate the food. But what you could do is maybe wrap it in parchment paper first and then put some foil around it to keep everything in place. Um, Or you could maybe think about using a beeswax wrap. I'm not quite sure how that would work with, I mean, it certainly would work with a sandwich, but I'm not sure how it would work with the rice, but um, it's worth thinking about. Yeah, definitely. Those are really good ideas, especially the parchment paper and then putting the foil around the parchment paper. That would be a really good way. But but yeah, maybe the beeswax. I'll I'll have to try it, Alien, and I'll get back to you about that. So um so hopefully this has given you you and me actually some really good food ideas to go off and practice with um on your next uh, ultra training run, whenever that may be. And I know I have to say I'm feeling really inspired with all these new sort of recipes and food ideas so thank you for your contributions Aileen you've given me some great ideas and everybody else some great ideas but with ultra running running there can be practical issues to overcome as well when considering what foods to take on a long run so that is what we will look at next but before we do that I think we will maybe pause now Aileen for a short advert break so I'll hand back to you Okay, thanks, Karen. So this is the the part of the episode where Karen and I take a minute to talk to you about what we do outside of the podcast. And to get today, we've given you lots of ideas on how to fuel your ultra runs. However, for more, we find for many runners, they require a more personalized approach depending on their nutritional preferences and their running goals and not forgetting any potential health concerns or conditions that might be um 
there that need to be taken into consideration and supported. So for these runners, uh, we'd like to suggest our one-to-one personalized nutrition service. And that might just be exactly what you need um, to support you because everybody's different and um, you might need a, a different nutritional support uh, for your individual situation. Um, so if this sounds like you and you'd like some focused and personalized advice and support to help you achieve your health and running goals, we've got three programs to choose from. Uh, you can find more about them by visiting our website. So just look at runnershealthup.com, go to the work with us page on the toolbar and do just go to the drop down menu and you'll find a page all about personalized nutrition. And if you are interested, what we suggest you do is the first step is book a complimentary call with us. And then we can find all about your goals and your challenges. And then we can suggest the best way of working with us to get you the results that you desire. And the booking link uh, to make that call is on the work with us page. So we'd love to hear from you. Uh, so don't hesitate to book a call and then we can talk about what we can do to support you. Great. Thanks, Aileen. Okay, so now let's take a look at some of the practical issues that an ultra runner might have to overcome when thinking about what foods to take on a long run. Now, I suppose equipment would definitely need to be a priority. So in other words, how are you going to carry your food? Is it going to be a backpack, belt? Is it going to be friends and family sort of strategically placed around the around the route? Now, which of these you choose really will depend on where you're running and for how long you are running. So, for example, if you're running in remote hills or mountains, then your family and friends are going to be unable to meet you at any point to give you any food. Um, And so I do think that all ultra runners do really need to think about investing in a good trail backpack so that they can carry everything that they need. Yeah, I totally agree with that, Karen. And I think, you know, you need to be self-sufficient. Um, and if your family and friends are helping, then that, that's an added bonus. But what if they don't turn up or what if you need something when they're not there? So I think it is really important to be prepared. And, um, you know, I, it's the same, you know, when I go on that's these sort of long walks and hikes. You, you need a, a pack that's going to hold everything you need. Um, so, you know, the food, the fluids that you need, maybe a lightweight jacket and some emergency equipment like a torch, a whistle, a fo- foil blanket, um, maybe some dry socks. You know, there's lots of different things that you need depending on the type of event that you're going to be doing. Uh, and also, you know, you might need some walking or running poles. That's sort of quite an essential piece of equipment. Um, is that something, Karen, that you've invested in? Well, I do have a running pack, Aileen, for sort of marathon and up to 50k distance running. But I do feel that I maybe need to step it up to the next level. Um, as, as you know, you've just mentioned the, the walking stroke running poles, and I would like to try using poles and, um, and, and sort of as I'm running over longer distances. So that will mean that I need a, a bigger pack with lots of pouches for food and fluids, for sticks and everything else that you've mentioned, all the emergency equipment, um, Aileen. So, so yeah, definitely. Now, Darren Smith, the chap in the, in North Yorkshire. Now, um, 
he was uh, on his uh, video, he was trialing the Montaigne VP12 Plus pack, which I have to say looked really compact, but seemed to hold so much food and so much fluid. I was really impressed by it. Now, the pockets were really easy to to access as well and which i think is 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 really important when you're running long distances because you know you get a bit irritated towards the end of a really long run so if you're trying if you're fiddling and you're maybe having to stop to take your backpack off i i, I find it really irritating so i do think that um easy access to to food in pouches is important um and um i i i do also think that with you know if you've got a pack that is the pouches aren't really accessible it is a potential risk factor for runners under fueling because it just feels like such a hassle to access the food that you give up and and i have to say it is something i've done i'm just thinking oh no this is too hard i just need to keep going and get to the end so potentially at the end i'm actually under fueled so so it is something simple but important to consider yeah, that's a really good point, um, Samek. And I think, you know, we always talk about practicing and you've got to practice carrying all these things too and how that makes you feel um, mm. as well as where you pack things. Um, now, there is another pack that I've seen, uh, with which is a similar one to the Montaigne, and it's called a Camelback Zephyr. Um, now, you know, as you mentioned, these are, you know, they're quite uh, a big piece of kit to invest in. They both retail at around £130. So it's quite a big investment. So you really need to be serious about your trail running adventures. But, you know, I guess, you know, you, you've got to do it. So um, or maybe borrow one from somebody if you're not sure about it to begin with. So moving on from equipment, Karen, um, I think another big factor to consider to consider is do you want to carry all of your own food or if you want to lighten the load, would you eat at the check-in stations? Um, so is this something that, you know, if this is something that you want to do and you, you're thinking about the check-in stations, we'd really highly recommend that you contact the race organisers ahead of time and find out what's going to be on offer. So what food, what bars, what gels, so that you can practice with them in training um, so that you, your digestive system isn't having to you know, eat something for the first time uh, during the race. Yeah, definitely. I think this is a really important factor to consider because, you know, like we say, you don't want to be trialing any new food on event day because, of you, as you've just said, Aileen, it can potentially lead to quite severe digestive distress. So, so yes, find out what is being what's being served. What I would just um, add here is that really by the time you reach ultra distance running, you will definitely have already practiced with fueling during a run. So here it's important to start by looking at what, what has worked for you in the past or what do you enjoy eating during your long runs and then start by building and expanding on those foods, those recipe choices that you know you will already like. So for example, I'm thinking if you've enjoyed a 
a jam sandwich in the past, then continue with that, but maybe begin to add maybe a small amount of cheese and just observe for any digestive symptoms. And each time that you run, just add a bit more cheese and eat bigger portions until you find your tolerable amount. So that's just an easy example. It could be any food, but but it's just sort of adding adding other foods to get that balanced um, uh, intake of the different macronutrients and micronutrients as well, and then sort of building up on portion size. Yeah, that's, uh, again, good advice uh, when you're in that practicing zone. And and I also think another consideration is that you are going to be on your feet for hours. Um, so you've got to think about having a new nutrition backup plan. And, you know, you might be asking, what what does that mean? Why? And I think it's because the, the longer you run, the more likely that your digestive needs and tolerances will change. So, for, for example, you might find that you really enjoy sweet foods most of the time, but there might be a moment during that duration of, of running uh, that you'll, your digestive system will change and uh, it might not tolerate the sweet foods anymore and you might start to have some nausea. Um, so having some savoury foods or snacks as a backup would be recommended. Um, you know, and again, I guess you'll be trying this out in your training and you might want to swap between the two. Um, and remember, you know, practice with everything during training. So um, have a, a variety of different things. And then you've got, um, you know, different things in your toolbox to to help you. Yeah. And actually, just to build on that, it, it, some people might find that in training, this digestive intolerance just doesn't happen, maybe because um, it's due to the lack of pressure or maybe you're running, running slower or you haven't got the same anxiety around your running. But it is still really important to practice running with all foods so that you you do have a backup plan if it was to occur during the race. Now, another important practical tip really is to ensure that you start eating early in an ultra event because it doesn't matter how hard you try, you're never going to manage to replace all the energy that you use up. But by starting to eat early, you're really giving your body the best chance. And remember to keep eating and keep eating regularly. So that could be anything from every hour to every 30 minutes to every 20 minutes. It really depends what works for you. And again, everybody's individual. Some people just like to eat once an hour. Uh, yeah, once an hour, but they eat quite a lot at that time. Others need to break it down. So it's, it's, it's a smaller portion size, but they're eating more frequently. Now, I would really recommend that you, you, consciously keep track of your eating because the longer distances you run, the easier it is to lose track. And that is when you can bonk or, or hit the wall, as they say. So as you're eating, just be mindful and conscious of when you ate and when you need to eat again. Mm, that's again very very good advice mm. so uh we're we're sort of coming towards the end of the episode so my my final word if you haven't already got it or my final three words are practice 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 and uh, 
practice using these eating strategies in training and then you're going to go into your next event feeling confident and prepared for any eventuality. Um, so on that note, Karen, uh, we do have to bring this episode to a close. But before we do so, could you give us your key takeaways from today's conversation? Yeah, sure, Aileen. So remember to think about putting in place Matt Fitzgerald's five core habits. So just to repeat those again, they were eat everything, eat quality, eat carb-centred, eat enough and eat individually. And remember, as distances increase, surviving on bars and gels and mid-jule dates is just not going to work. The body will require much more substantial snacks and in some instances, a proper meal, so real food. Now, when you begin practicing with the real food and the different recipes, choose the ones that are really going to be easy to make as well as easy to carry, really to help keep you inspired rather than it starting to feel a bit like a chore. Now, some food ideas you could start practicing with include the pizza I mentioned, maybe sandwiches, plant-based burgers and sweet potato wedges. And Remember to share your experience with us and um, and I'll share mine as well. And um, we can all support each other. I would say investing in durable and appropriate equipment is essential for any ultra runner, including a backpack for all the food and fluids that you're going to need. There are so many choices out there. So do do your homework and choose one that fits with your needs, not what a friend has recommended or has chosen. Now, finally, remember, as Aileen said, practice, practice, practice the different eating strategies in your training until you find what works for you so that you can go into your event feeling confident, feeling prepared and knowing that if anything happens, you are still going to be able to complete your event feeling fairly good. Great. That's uh, fantastic, Karen. Thanks for the roundup. And thank you for a really inspiring conversation today. And I hope we've managed to bring the subject alive for everyone and that all you ultra runners out there now feel that you've got some really good food ideas to practice with uh, when you're out on the trails. Please remember to share your experiences with us and uh, I'll make sure Karen shares hers with you too so that we can all support each other. So finally, remember everyone, don't let nutrition be the limiting factor in your running performance. Thanks for joining us today on She Runs, Eats, Performs. We hope you've enjoyed this episode and will join us again soon. Before you go, please listen to the end to hear more about Amazing Jane Activewear and why their leggings were voted best for runners by Women's Fitness. Once again, thanks for listening and have a great week. We'd like to introduce you to our show sponsor, Amazing Jane Activewear for Women's Changing Bodies recommended as best leggings for running by women's fitness magazine we think they have everything a female runner needs first of all they are high compression to support your legs and bum they have a deep waistband so they stay up and they don't move about when you run there's a handy left pocket for your phone and a zip pocket on the waistband which is great for your cards or a key they also have a hidden tracker pocket for storing a gps tracking device and this is a unique safety feature All Amazing Jane designs, including tanks and tops, are cut to skim, not cling, giving you confidence to look and feel great and focus on performance. 
Karen and I have been trialing wearing their range for a few months and we can happily recommend them. So if you'd like to try Amazing Jane Active Wear, please use our listeners' special discount code RHH10 for 10% off all purchases at AmazingJane.com. Amazing Jane ship around the world, so please check their website for details. Thanks again to Amazing Jane Activewear for being our show sponsor and for sharing discount code RHH10 for 10% off all purchases.